2, Revelation 17, and Psalms 139. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Wanted to see how many of you would actually do it. Anyway, good morning, everyone. Uh, we're going to get jump right in here this morning because we literally have, I'd like to kind of cover uh, some ground here. Uh, we've been looking at the big picture. We've been looking at what's uh, the issue of the program of Satan and Lucifer and what's happening behind the scenes. We started in Revelation 17, verse 5 there, where she he's, uh, carries that title, Mystery, Babylon, the mother of all harlots and the abominations and so forth. We've looked at that. We looked the last two weeks of the issue of, of his program, his the lie program to serve the creature and or worship the creature more than the creator, Romans 1 and so forth. And we begin, actually, uh, get Psalms 139. Let's just, we're going to... Uh, kind of. That's why you needed the sheet, okay? I know when, when uh, I had Ricky put this up here, on, on that's a DNA strand, if you're wondering what that is, and because uh, we're going to talk this morning about what Satan missed in all of this, and uh, that's going to be uh, kind of a, a, a visual. Uh, if you look at Psalms 139, uh, again, we talked about the, the how Satan operates and we're doing this coming out of Ephesians 5, verse 18 there, talking about the issue of the wine. And how that the wine, and, and when Paul says, be not drunk with wine, we're in his excess, he's not talking about going out and getting drunk on Friday night, Saturday night, whatever. He, you know, that's common sense. The Bible has a lot to say about drinking and so forth, and we've looked at that. But rather what Paul's after is you and I understanding that the reference to the wine is a reference to... The, the vain religious system and the system in scripture that's called Baal worship and it starts in Genesis and it goes all the way down to the end of the book of Revelation there uh, with the great white throne judgment and so forth and when he does that when Paul makes that mention he says be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the spirit and we talked about that it took five months to do that this wasn't going to take five months but it seems like it's going to now but so I wanted to go back into that issue of Satan and your scripture. And so when you see things happening in our society, in our culture, in the world, you're not taken aback by it. You should not be surprised that unbelieving man is acting the way they act. That should not surprise you. So what then does that mean? Well, then you've got to go back. You've got to look at creation. Why did God create man? What did Satan's doing here and so forth? And that's really where we're at. In Psalms 139, which is where we ended last week, and I set up a, a thing for you for this week, is at, in verse, uh, verse 14. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, I lost my spot. Made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. And as David talks here about to, to the Lord about, and to God about cre his conception in him creating man. And we're going to get into this. Is literally there in verse 16 when he says, and in thy book all my members. And he's talking about a book of DNA. Okay? And when he talks there about the book of DNA, he's, uh, I'm going to get ahead of myself, so he's, well, let's just do it. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in what? Secret. The issue of conception is what we're talking about. We're, he's talking about when I was conceived, okay? When that happened, I was made in secret and curiously wrought, wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. And again, the lowest parts of the earth isn't hell. He's talking about the dirt. What did, and that's why we've got to go back into Genesis here. He's talking about the dirt. And he says, when, I was, when you formed me, when you made man out of the dirt down here, you did it according to a book that my members, verse 16, were written. 
which in continuance were fashioned. So the moment of conception, DNA happened. And when that happens, as I begin to grow in my mother's womb, because he's not visible, I did it according to this DNA map. Then as yet, there was none of them. Not there yet. I'm not born yet, but what? I was conceived. And so there's this thing here, okay? Now, that's where we ended last week. Now, go back to Genesis 2 because we need to pick up on that. Because when God made man, Genesis chapter 2, we get the details. When God made man, Satan comes and studies man and looks at man and begins to investigate man and to try to figure out how to defeat man. But man, in Satan's mind, is, is such an oddball. Where did this guy come from? Look at verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So we have God creating man. Satan watches God create man. You have your three parts. You have your body, your soul, and your spirit. He makes man that way. But when, as Satan watches God create this new creature, he's never seen one before. Notice the dust. There's the physical body, the dust of the ground. That's the lowest parts of the earth. There's the dirt. You know, he picks it up and he forms you. He, you know, I think about the clay in the, in the potter's wheel. <laughs> you know, it's just a blur. You know, just a blob. And he forms and he does this. And then he breathes in the nostrils the breath of life. Satan watches as God brings life to this creature. And as he tells man, if, if you look back in chapter 1, in verse 28, where God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over. And Satan watches as God forms Adam and he makes him and, and he puts all the pieces together and he gives him life and then he gives him a, a, a job to do to go out and take the planet back. Your job is to go out to defeat the adversary. We have an enemy, and it's to bring it back under the headship of my representative. There in chapter 1, if you look back at verse 26, God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion. Image and likeness are two different things here. Image. Here, God's image God's likeness, there's three components to the Godhead, so man's going to have a three. But when you, he, you become his representative, you put on his uniform, if you will. Yesterday, watching the uh, football games, you know who Alabama was and you know who Tennessee was. How? By their uniforms, and you understand that. So that's what God said. God clothed Adam, made him a ball of light, God's light, Psalm says, and, and he makes him this image and this this. He's God's man, and Satan knows that, and Satan begins to look at man, and he begins to investigate man, and he gets in there, and he's sitting there, and he's looking, and he's going, this is a dirt man. This is a dirt guy, and God's going to use him to reclaim the earth? How is God going to do that? Does God think he's going to, I mean, think about Satan. Is God going to think does God think that he can defeat me with that? So what does Satan know? This is a piece of cake. This will be easy. This is, this is going to be a walk in the park here. If God thinks he's going to beat me with that human over there, then he's, he, he's going to sorely be disappointed. And yet, notice verse, chapter 2, verse 7. Notice the end of the verse. And man became a what? A living soul. And that's what Satan couldn't see. He could only see the physical outside, the, the physical development of man. When Satan looked at the animal creation, he could see what? The animal creation. He could only see the physical aspect but yet he's going to miss the inner man thing. He's going to miss the inner man component, the soul 
component. And as we look this morning, now go back to Psalms 139. As we look here this morning and as we talk about this, you have to remember that when Satan looked at you, or I should say Adam and Eve, in the garden, he's missing something here. He's missing the how is God going to use that to defeat me is his question, and he's missing that inner man component. He's missing the secret thing. He only sees the physical. He's missing something that's going on inside. You, you follow that? Okay. Psalms 139, look at verse 14. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, we all use that verse when we're sick and, you know, you, you, know, you cut yourself and the body heals itself. See, look, it's all wonderfully. And yes, that's true. But David is beginning to talk about something a little bit deeper than just that. Now, on the overhead, I didn't have, I didn't put up this little dude, but we'll talk about it here. Oh, I need that. So when David talks here about we're fearfully and wonderfully made, there is in your body, and I'll see if I can, well, I'll just write it here maybe. There's a dude, there's a dude that looks like that, and it's called a layman. And it has to do biology with the cells and how the cells are interact with, with each other and with proteins and so forth. And there, so we're talking here about blood. Now, what does Leviticus 17 say? The life is, in, is where? In the blood. Now, think about this. Your body has 206 bones, according to Google MD. <laughs> okay? Now, it's been a long time since I've been in biology class. But what is your, what's in your bones? Marrow, your bone marrow, right? And your bone marrow is what produces blood. And blood then is what's flowing through you, giving you life. Okay, basic biology, really simple here, okay? The overhead, I read that thing, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, is that complicated looking? But it's going to illustrate the point here in just a minute. So you have this layman here. That's, it's got a little stool, and it's got this kind of a figuration to it. And when you look at it under a microscope, it's actually leaning over. It's never straight up and down. They're always leaning over, okay? All right? So... Think about what David's saying here. All of the systems in your body is fearfully and wonderfully made. Verse 15. As David is now going to describe the creation of man. By the way, look at the end of verse 14. And that my soul, what? Knoweth right well. David knows this. He's not guessing it. He didn't Google it or Wikipedia it or go to school. He knows this, and he knows this from the Word of God, Job and other passages that talk about it and stuff. And he says, verse 15, my substance was not hid from thee. The substance, what made, what made me up? You made me out of dirt. You made me from the lowest parts of the earth. I know that. I know where I come from. See, David, hadn't, David didn't have to guess, was I a Big Bang? Or was I this? Or was I that? He says, I know where I came from. I came from the lowest parts of the earth. I, you made man from the dirt. Made in secret. When I was made in secret, the issue of conception. Well, what was there? What was made in secret that Satan couldn't see? Genesis 2. The what? The living soul. So he's talking about you. He's talking about, David's talking about himself. See, the real you is your soul, your inner man. That's the real you. Your inner man's comprised up of your soul and your spirit. Your body is the vehicle. That's how you interact with the world about you. That's why when, you, when the rapture happens and we all in the resurrection go, we get a new body. Why? Because we have to interact in, out there in the heavenly places. We have to have a body fashioned like unto his glorious body, Philippians says. Why? Because we're moving from here to there. we got work to do. We have to function that way. But you know what, though? You're, this body gets old, gets fat. You lose weight. You thin down. Then you blow back up, and you think, I got a guy asked me online, How, is this the most weight you've ever lost? And I said, well, no, not over my lifetime. <laughs> but at one setting, yes. <laughs> you know, because, you, you know, you gain, you lose, you go back and forth. But see, the thing is, is 
this body eventually will, if the Lord tarries, <laughs> will go back to the dust of the ground. The real you is you. Look at verse 16. Thine eyes did see. God's eye, God sees. Yet being what? Unperfect. You know, in conception, when the conception events happen, there's no arms and legs and eyes and ears and all that yet. That comes a little later, doesn't it? For you ladies, that, yes, okay. You know, I, I was watching somebody and they said, well, she was pregnant and she was like, he's a, he's a size of a pea. And I'm like, okay, that didn't mean no good. You know, but what happens is, is he's unperfect. He's not there yet. But God sees that. And in thy book, all my members were written. Notice that. In the book, all the members are written. The, the final, it's written in advance, by the way. And David says here, as I grow into what you wrote in the DNA book, my DNA book, then you know what happens? That's what's going to happen. And you know in the, in the last recent years, probably last 30, 40 years, DNA, the, the understanding of it has come into the forefront. David understood it 3,000 years ago. He didn't need modern science. I think about that. You know why he knew it? He trusted the word of God. That's how he knew it. <laughs> you know, it's always fascinating. Moses tells Israel to clean their wounds under running water. Isn't that amazing? Back then, and yet what do we learn in Washington, George Washington's days, they didn't even know that. See, man's a little behind. Here it is. Which in countenance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. You think about what Satan misses. He misses the, the DNA of man, the inner man. And you think about the study of DNA and a book that God has pre-written that how it's going to function. And it tells everything about you, the color of your eyes, whether you have hair or no hair, receding hairlines, are what? Genetic. You have a genetic disposition too, blank. How do they know that? Family history. They can go back. They can chart it. They can look at it. All of the details. The moment you are conceived, bam, happen. Think about that. Mom and dad. 23 from mo mom. 23. Well, that would be male. Let's make that male. Let's make that female. How's that? Can we do that? What do we get? 46 chromosomes make you up. We're going to do this. The male sign is this. The female sign is that. We'll get there in just a second, okay? Thinking about that. Come over with me to Isaiah 34. It's just this morning, just have a little fun thinking about DNA in, retro, in, in understanding what Satan missed. Isaiah 34. God takes a book of, of, of uh, cre creation and he, in the creation books, he writes out how the DNA sequencing is going to take place, how things are going to happen. And what happens is, is when the 23s get together and they make the 46, this is what it's going to do. And all the identity of who you are is, was determined right at conception. That's why life begins at conception. So when you look at and they go and they look at DNA, have you ever, have you ever done a look at the crime stats and concerning DNA? And something like 98% are all match of all humanity. And those one or two percentages, three percentages that are off is what really catches the bad guy. Why would that be? What does Paul say in Acts? We're all of what? One blood. We all belong to who? Adam. We're all kin to Adam. See? And when, you can, when we're all got the same, you know, beginning, now what are we? We're all related. Now what changes all that is when you get into some of this. 
Look at Isaiah 34, look at verse 16. Seek ye out of the book of the Lord, and what? Read. Isn't that interesting? God made man with a soul, put an inner man in him. And then he, and he does all that according to a book of DNA. And then he reaches over and he, because of that soul, writes another book. We call it the scriptures. We call it the word of God. Here he calls it the book of the Lord. And when you begin to compare the book of DNA with the book of the Lord, you know what you begin to find? Tremendous similarities. Wonderful things. You've got Isaiah. Flip over with me to, well, you were in Psalms 139, right? 15 and 16. The book of, DNA, the book of your life. Look over at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Where do you have, where does life come from according to Psalms 139? The DNA, the moment of conception. Boom, life starts. Look at Philippians 2 and look at verse 16. Notice what Paul says here. Holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain nor labored in vain. See how Paul takes the scriptures and he says there's the word of life, the living word of God. And you have to have that, the life that the book will give you in Christ. And there's a great comparison, and we've done it over the years, of the written word and the living word. And you can run down through it. What does John 14, 6 say? You guys know that verse? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Where is life? It's in Christ. If you look over at John 6, very wonderful verse here, 663. And I realize we're in John and we're talking and so forth, but just notice what he says. John 663, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are what? life. So where do I get life? I get life from mom and dad, DNA, but then I come over here and I get spiritual life from a life in Christ that I'm learning, and I'm getting that from the Word of God. Christ isn't speaking in my ear. Right now, my ear's ringing on like the fifth and sixth level. It's just, okay? So I didn't hear. It's in the Word of God. So when you begin to think about this, think about Satan. What's Satan's goal? To destroy man. In Genesis 3, God puts in the seed of the woman aspect in the doctrine of, hey, there's going to be a seed of the woman. So then what does he go after? The seed of man, the seed of the woman. And he does, Genesis 6, we looked at it last week or the time before, where there's violence in the earth and man is gone. And, to the, and the Lord says, oh, man, look at what's going on. And he looks over at Noah and he says, Noah, go build a boat because I'm going to destroy everybody except for you and your family. You guys haven't been... Uh, perverted. You haven't left. You've saved pure in your generation, They're the genetic issue, and you're going to do it. So you go and he writes a book down. And come over. Oh. Think about your body. Come back to Psalms 117. Just think about your body. I think about mine. Psalms 117. Your body has two parts to it. it has a, it's divided by a spine that runs down the middle. How many ribs do you have? Do you know? 24. 12 on each side. Okay? Equally divided. Boom. Right there. How many bones are in your spine? Do you know? 33. Interesting number. Think about the book, the Word of God. By the way, I'm just going to say this. You can only do this in a King James Bible, okay? I'm going to say that. So if, you, if you're in a new, different translation, you cannot do this with it. Think about the Word of God. How many books in the Bible? 66. It has a spine, by the way. So you divide that up into two parts, don't you? New Testament, Old Testament. Law, grace. Mystery, prophecy. You can divide that up. 
into two parts. There's 1,189 chapters in the Bible. Half that, divide it in half. You come to 594.5 chapter. Now, what chapter is that? Well, the 595th chapter is Psalms 117. Okay? Now, I know what everybody says. They like to use 118 verse 8 to be the center verse of the Bible. It is better to put trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in the princes. But with the current state of, of, of algorithms and computers, guess what? That is not the middle verses of your King James Bible. The middle chapter is Psalms 117. How many verses in Psalms 117? Two. Count the words. How many words? It's a three and a three. Thirty-three. Now, I know what happens. Everybody goes, oh, that's just coincidence. No, the author of that book is what? The same one that wrote your DNA book. Seventeen. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Isn't that interesting? The guy that wrote the DNA of, of man wrote this book. So guess what? We have some similarities in it. In Exodus 33, Moses looks to the Lord and says, Show me your face. And the Lord says, I can't. If I show you my face, it'll kill you. Now there's a reason why, because he's mad. So he shows him his what? Do you remember? His hinder part, the back. What's in the back? 33 bones. The spine, dividing it out. Think about your face. Such lovely faces. It's a good thing you all don't look like me. It would be in rough shape. <laughs> but think about your face. It's part of your skull. Do you know how many bones are in your skull? Come over to John 19. John 19. There are 22 bones in your skull. 22 in the scripture is a number about knowledge, and it's about revelation, and it's about shining forth something. What does your face do? It shines forth. Your countenance, what's going on, it puts it out there. Look at John 19, verse 17. The Lord is going, we have the crucifixion here. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. God was in Christ doing what? Going to the skull where he was going to reveal, manifest forth who? Himself. What did he do? He was made to be sin. He who knew no sin was made to be sin. Why? So that we might be made righteous. You see, he went to Calvary to reconcile the world. Ultimately, we understand that through Paul. But if you want to see God's love on display, what does Romans 5 verse 8 say? But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Where am I going? i got to go to Calvary to see him. Come over to Revelation 22. To see his grace, to see his love, to see him, to have him shine forth. On your way to Revelation 22, stop in Galatians 6. Galatians 6. See, folks, this stuff shouldn't get just lost on you as we study through the same one that wrote out mankind's DNA is the same guy that's writing the book, and it's what Satan is missing in all of it, in all of his activity, he missed this. Okay? Look at Galatians 6, look at verse 14. God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Where does Paul say we should be glorying? In the cross. Why? Because that's everything. That's the very basic form, whoops, the very basic element in the issue of cell development in your body is done by a piece of anatomy that looks like a cross. 
kind of tilted. <laughs> okay? You think about that. Where are we now? Revelation 22. Now, where are we glorying? In the cross, in the face of our Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation 22, verse 3. Well, just so you know, we're in the new heaven and the new earth, okay? Chapter 22, or 21, uh, 21, 1 there. Chapter 22, verse 3. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servant shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their forehead. They're going to see his face. Now, notice what chapter are we in? 22. Knowledge, revelation, shining forth the information. That just doesn't happen. Come back to Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5. In Genesis chapter 5, we begin to see something happen in the genetic code of man. Are you with me? You left, taking a snooze. Ball game's on. We used to have a gentleman at Shorewood when I was young. He would sit in the back with a transistor radio and uh, with an earpiece and listen to the Cubs game or the Bears game or something. And right in the middle of Dad teaching, all of a sudden you hear him go, yeah, right on. And Dad goes, well, thank you for that. Amen. And, and the guy hit a home run or something. I don't remember. You know. So anyway, Genesis chapter 5, verse 1. We have the, gen the genetic coding of Adam gets it gets changed a little bit here, if you will. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the, in the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam. In the day when they were created, and Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. What do we know from Romans 5, verse 12? By one man, what? Sin entered into the world. So obviously, Genesis 3, before 5. So what's on board now? Sin. Okay, I said it, I've said it, I'll say it again. God hates sin. So he paid the penalty for you. But see, God hates sin for you as a believer because it keeps you from those Things that he freely has set apart for them that love him. Second, or 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Adam has, sin has been introduced into the genetic code. And he's got some descendants that are going to come. Chapter Seth comes down through. Now look at verse 30. And Lamech lived after he begat Noah 590 and five years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were 770 and seven years, and he died. And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now let's think about this. Adam to Noah. Remember, Noah's called the tenth person from Adam. Okay? If you look at the overhead, you have 10 strands of DNA that make up your basic DNA function. Okay? You see the squarely Q? There'll be 10 of those connected before they start over. So when you think about DNA, you begin to think about, hey, Adam started, there's been a corruption. That's why that word generations in there, you've got to be careful with how you define that because sometimes that word generation is, is used in a genetic sense rather than a numerical sense. Now, here we've got Seth down to Adam. So you've got to have 10. If you hold on to, well, hold on to Genesis 5. Come over to Luke 8. I don't know if I wrote this on there for you or not. I tried to give you where we were headed on that handout. That's why. Look at Luke 8. Look at verse 11. Luke, Luke 8, verse 11. 
it, it, the, this is the parable of the sower. So what's the sower sowing? Seed. The se what's in the seed? The genetic makeup of the plant, whatever it's going to be. Look at verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is what? The word of God. So the genetic coding of the seed is this, but then there's also this code over here in the word of God, and that's where the life is as well. Now go back to Genesis 5 verse 1, and let's think this through. Here's the seed of Adam, and it's going to work all the way down to Noah. Tenth from, so you got ten. But Genesis 5 is written in Hebrew. Do you know how many letters are in the Hebrew, Bible, in the Hebrew alphabet? 22, let me just tell you. How many are in the new, how many in the alphabet of the New Testament, the Greek? 20, 24. How many chromosomes do you need to be living? 46. Follow that? You've got the, the similarity. Okay? The 23rd, the 23rd chromosome determines the sex of the child, number 23, okay? I put this up here earlier. What is Adam, what's male missing? He's missing a rib, isn't he? In that XY. When Emily was, when Linda was pregnant with Emily, we went to the doctor, come over to Genesis 2. We went to the OB and he says we have problems with your blood work we need you to go see a genetic baby doctor he had a big name and I don't say big names okay layman is about as big as I can get so what happens we go in we sit down with the doctor and the doctor says now before we do this ultra 5 death com 8 ultrasound on you we want to know that if we find a problem with the child will you abort first thing out of the guy's mouth I'm like no I'd just like to know what's coming my way. He goes, okay, what your blood work usually shows us is that you will have a child with Down syndrome. That's usually where these markers go. I'm like, okay. He goes, so, you, you know, just let me know. And I'm like, no, we're having a baby. I just, I'll get ready for Down syndrome. It's okay. Meanwhile, Ricky and Danielle are still in the pen. You know, they're still in the rocker. They're little guys. So we go in, and the nurse lays, you know, Linda lays down. They do the ultrasound, and the nurse goes, I'll be right back. They go out. She tells the doctor she's got twins. And you know what that dude did? Literally, he had a notebook. He just flipped the page over and says, oh, your blood work's fine. What do they think? Single baby. She had double babies, two of them. So what did the blood work do? It matched good and good here and not so good over here. Literally, he had a three-ring binder. He just flipped the pages over and said, oh, okay, you're good. So now, because of her age and stuff and other complications, we're going to keep doing this and charge you money. I'm like, great, woohoo, cool, thank you, you know, good thing for insurance, you know. But see, the thing is, is what are they looking at? They're looking at this stuff. They're looking at all of that. Now, look at Genesis 2 and look at verse 23. Again, the 23rd makes up the sex of the child. And Adam said, now watch, start counting. Count the quote. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be what? One flesh. Did you count the words? There are 46 words. There are 46 words in the institution of marriage to get mankind back to one so then they can go and then do what? Have children. Chapter 3, verse 1, now the serpent, uh-oh, here's our guy. He's been watching all this happen, has no clue about the living soul aspect, steps in, and if you count from verse 1 to 5, just the words that the adversary speaks. Guess how many words? 46. Ooh, that's spooky. That's Halloween spooky. 
Come back to Romans 5. Romans 5. And look again at verse 12. Romans 5. Verse 12, wherefore as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Count the words. How many did you get? How many? Twenty? I haven't counted them, so count them. Twenty-six. Isn't that interesting? That's going to come up in just a minute. 26, to describe here what's going on. 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. We're doing some things here, okay? What I want you to see is your DNA and the living word of God, the word of God, the written word, the scriptures are connected because the same guy is the author. And what, what Satan missed is that inner man connection, okay? 1 Corinthians 6, look at verse 16. By the way, 1 Corinthians is the 46th book in your Bible. And he says this, What? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two saith, he shall be, what? One flesh. In verse 19. What, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye, are, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with the price? Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Isn't that interesting? What did he just tell you your body was? The what? The temple. Who dwells in the temple? The Godhead does. Isn't that interesting? So where is God dwelling if, in a believer? In you. That's fantastic. So let's think about the temple. Come back. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So many people. Get Revelation 10. Get Revelation 10. Think of, let's think about the temple here. But I want to show you this verse here in Revelation 10. Uh, let's see. First, all right, you got Revelation 10. Stick something in there. Go back to 1 Kings chapter 7. Yeah, I better do this. I wasn't going to do this. I was just going to tell you, but yeah, you better do this. Look at 1 Kings, get, we'll, we'll, 1 Kings 7. In 1 Kings 6, and in 1 Kings 7, Solomon builds the temple. And you can go through everything, and you can look at it, and so forth. And what you begin to understand is that to the north, there's going to be 20 boards. All right? To the south is going to be 20 boards. And then on the, well, that's east, isn't it? The west end, that's west, there's six boards. How many do we have? 46. Now, there's two pillars out here. 1 Kings 7, verse 21. And under the brim of the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, and he set up the pillars in the porch of the temple, and he set up the right pillar and called the name uh, Jachin, and he set up the left pillar and called the name thereof Boaz. Now, Jachin means he shall establish, and Boaz means in it is strength. So what's he going to do? He's going to establish, and in it is the strength. Okay? Are you with me now? All right? Now, just think, you got to kind of think this through. Your, the structure of your DNA, it's in ten strands. Let me go. Uh, this has got the different compartments. Uh, let's just do it here. We're going to, you, you see how you got the ladder up there? 
Just think about that. You're going to have a ladder. We're going to unravel the, the spiral, and this is not the scale, okay? So in your DNA, you have two panels that are made out of sugar phosphate, really, come to Revelation 10. You know what sugar phosphate is, I hope. Look at Revelation 10. This is why I wanted you to look at this. Little book here, the little book is eaten. Verse 9, Revelation 10, verse number 9. And I went unto the angel and, and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as what? Honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. What's the word of God? It's sweet, isn't it? Sugar phosphate. Sugar, the sweetness. Now come to Psalms 119. Psalms 119. Here's the phosphate. Psalms 119. The verse here, 119, 130. 119, 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. What happens when you ignite phosphate? Light hits. So you've got this ladder of life, this ten components here, and they're made up of, of sugar phosphate. And on the ladder, the, there are letters, and there are words, and I'm just doing that for right now, okay? And they, are, they begin to form sentences, and they make uh, a story of, you, of who you are. What's the Word of God do? Same thing. And it begins to do that and begins to tell the, the issue here. Now, go back to 1 Kings chapter 6. And it begins to, to give you the story of your spiritual life. In the temple, there is a spiral staircase. Chapter 6, 1 Kings, verse 7. And the house, when it was in building, was built of stone, made ready before it was brought thither, so that there was neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron heard in the house while it was in building. Isn't that amazing? Those guys went over, and you read the story on how that's done, and the Holy Spirit comes on them, causes them to put that exactly in the right dimensions where it needs to be, so then when they pull it in and they go to set it, it's right, then the next guy comes in, and the Holy Spirit literally, he's indwelling these guys as they do this, the workmen, and they're building the structure, they're building it out, and, and then as soon as the job's done, you know what the Holy Spirit does? See you later, guys, and he's gone. Now watch verse 8. The door of the middle chamber was in the right side of the house, and they went up with winding stairs in the middle chamber. And out of the middle into the third. Do you see that winding spare? What's your DNA strand look like? It's a winding strand. The ladder just sits it, you know, un, you know, pulls it tight. And your 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 DNA, every tenth spiral starts, every tenth board starts a new spiral. So you go ten. You got that information, then you go 10, and then you go 10, and you go 10, and they're all hooked by a backbone. It's fascinating. And you go all through it, and you know what you have? You have a, you have a wonderful picture of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Word of God. Come over with me to John 1, verse 51. I got to go. Gotta, we got to go a little quicker here. John 1, 51. John 1, 51. The, and he saith unto him, the Lord's talking, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hither ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon who? The Son of Man. You know what the Lord says? That ladder is me. The ladder that you're seeing is me. And there's a connection that happens here between your DNA, the book of the Word of God, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, as he writes into creation this DNA that's going to happen in humanity, he's writing in to the Lord and into his word a spiritual DNA. And there is a connection between it. 
Now come to Romans 2. And you have to see this, and this is really where I was after, and I got five minutes. <laughs> Don't miss this stuff. Don't get drowned in the weeds. They begin to look like they add, they're there. But look at Romans 2, and look at verse 14 and 15. There's a connection between you, the written word, and the living word. Romans 2.14, for the, when the Gentiles which have not the law, watch, do by nature the things contained in the law, these have not, having not the law or a law unto themselves. I don't know if you've ever looked at that do by nature. That they're doing the way, they're, they're thinking about this the way God had created them to think about it. They know that it's wrong to steal, to lie, to cheat, to kill, to covet. They know that's wrong. It's built into them. So what do they do? They, when they, by nature, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. Notice what you have that nobody else has. You have a conscience. You have a thinking process that's going to excuse the behavior or accuse you on your behavior. That is by nature. That's what Satan's missing here. He's missing that function of that inner man. He sees the physical guy. goes, I can beat this guy any day of the week. Both hands tied behind the back. One leg up. I, I can get him. But he misses what's going on, and God knew that. God created man to have this conscience, this ability to to say my activity is matching the word of God or my activity is not matching and I need to adjust so that it matches. There's something that God create the, in man that God created in the secret. And that's who you are, the soul. Come over to Colossians 3. And Satan missed that. He misses the DNA structure of man. He missed that because the DNA structure of Romans 1, 19 there, they know him from what? Creation. They know there's a God from creation because in them is what? That God conscience, we call it. There it is. It's written in the DNA. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Look, if you will, at verse 10. And have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that what? Isn't that interesting? Your new man was a created entity in every believer. Verse 11, where, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and what? In all. In every believer, he's what? Our life. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you understand the word rightly divided. It doesn't matter if you go to church here or do that. If you trusted in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary, faith and faith alone in that is your and in Him as your Savior, you know what He did? He put His life in you. He created a new man in you. Now, we go study and build that guy up. But the thing is, is where is life coming from? It's coming from Him. That's why Paul says, verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell where? In you, richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Your inner man, he dwells where? In you. Come over to, uh, or come back to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. <clears throat> And you hath he quickened who were what? Dead and trespasses and sins. When you trusted Calvary, what did he do to your inner man? He took your dead spirit and quickened it, made it alive, made it to where he can communicate with you. You know that because of verse 2. Look at verse 2. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit. Isn't that interesting? that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You see, your unsaved spirit belongs to the guy in charge of the children of disobedience, the prince, the power of the air, to Lucifer. He's got you. 
rightfully, you come to Calvary, you trust. He says, you know what? Your eternal life starts the moment you trusted Christ. And I'm your life. And I'm going to come along now, and I'm going to make you spiritually alive. We don't have the time to go back to 1 Corinthians 2. We've done it in the past. And when I make you alive, you belong to me. That's why he says in 2 Corinthians 5, if we believe that he died and are all we're dead, how in the world should we live any way other? We ought to be living for him. Why? Because he's our life. And just as we look, tuck, look and we turn and we take care of mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and our family units, he says, I took care of you for eternity. And I wrote it in your DNA. And I wrote it down here in a book. And the design of it is so that you will know that the same guy that created you wrote the book and then set his son up as the, one to, as the life giver. Come over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 21. Great little verse in thinking about this. You see, folks, your spirit has been made alive now so that a union with the Spirit of God can take place. And how that happens is by his word. James 1.21, James, as he writes here to the little flock, as they're going to go into the 70th week and they're over in the tribulation period and they're going through all that, he says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity. What a name. Of naughtiness. Boy, if, if you've got to have a super naughtiness, you're in, tough, you're in trouble. <laughs> and receive with meekness. Now watch. The engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Notice that. Engrafted. Now, that's Israel. When did he engraft his word to you? The moment of salvation. He said, you're mine. And I'm yours. And I've given you some provisions. And what I've done is I've come along, come over to Philippians 2, and we'll close with this verse. I've come, Philippians 1, I've come along, and I have grafted into your spiritual DNA the life of Christ. I've done that to you. I circumcised you with the circumcision made without hands. I've regenerated your dead spirit. I've made, and I've regenerated your life in that I've cut away that, that bondage that the flesh has. I'm indwelling you. I've given you an identity, baptism, identification. I've given you an identity in my son, in the body. And then I've sealed you with the Holy Spirit upon me. So Paul would say, Philippians 1.21 for to me, here's Paul's estimation of life. For to me, to live is what? It's Christ. Paul's sitting in prison. He doesn't know whether the Roman authorities have passed a death sentence on him or not yet. He's not, it's unclear. He doesn't know yet. He's not down there going, woe is me, nobody loves me, why is everybody picking on me? He ain't saying that at all. He looks up and he says, for to me, to live is Christ. As we kind of take this little side road this morning, Satan looked at man. He saw only the physical. He missed the real. He missed the real purpose why God made man. He missed the inner man. So when you see the world out there doing its thing, just remember, their leader missed it too. Now, he's well aware of your inner man now because <laughs> the word's been completed, and he knows where God's operating today. So what's he going to do? He's going to attack that inner man, and he uses tactics to do that. In the big picture, don't miss. Now, we'll get back into Ephesians 5 next week what's going on with Satan. But don't miss this about your DNA, too. It's there. Okay? All right. Dearly Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word. And above all, Lord, we, do, we thank you for who we are in you, in your son, 
And we thank you for all that you've given to us in him. And as we think about these things and as we look into them and as we mull them over in our feeble minds, that we would just remember that you are the author of it all with the goal of having your creation be where it needs to be in service to you in that ultimate day, your day. In your name we pray, amen.